A reading from Psalm chapter 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went through the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep. At the thunder of your cataracts, all the waves of your billows have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully? Because the enemy oppresses me. As with the deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me, while they would say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. The word of the Lord for the people. Thanks be to God. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Amen. Some of you undoubtedly refreshed your screen wondering why it was silent. Um, <laughs> some of you felt that awkward pause that is silence. I hope some of you get the irony uh, that someone's talking about silence today. <laughs> um, I couldn't help but think that maybe I should just sit up here for 15 minutes and see how long people tuned in, but figure that's not, <laughs> not the role of the preacher. Silence, it's something that um, we need as humans, as people. It's something that we long for in our spirits. It's something that at times brings measured uh, reassurance. And at times, it makes us feel awkward or like there's something wrong. Silence is one of those things that is so important to who we are and yet it at times is so hard. It's something that maybe some of us have found more of during this time of being at home more. And like one person told Lee Young this week, they have to go to their car and lock the door so the children don't find them to be a part of Bible study on Thursday morning. And so silence isn't really a thing. 
Uh, I feel like my life is somewhere in between that. There are moments at my home where uh, our four children, and myself for that matter, um, it's hard to find silence. And then there are moments where when you step outside, it's just a little quieter. There's just a little less hum of a car going by. It just seems a little stiller in our world. This psalm is really interesting. Um, first of all, just some backstory. Uh, you'll see that uh, at the top, of, probably in your Bible, maybe in, in some of your places where you've read this psalm, it says it's, it's a psalm from the sons of Korah. Well, first of all, sons in this, in this instance mean descendants of Korah. Korah is Moses' cousin, uh, and that's Moses' cousin Korah is mentioned in Numbers 16, uh, 1 and 2 Chronicles. There's several, about uh, eight or nine psalms that are, that are um, attributed to the sons of Korah. The other thing that's really interesting is that uh, we have some, some, there are places in the Holy Land that are potentially uh, attributed to where someone might have been uh, with this, when, when writing this psalm. And uh, there's a line that says, deep calls to deep, at the thunder of your cataracts, all of your waves and billows have gone over me. Uh, in 2014, I got to go to the Holy Land, and there's a, um, there is a waterfall that's attributed. And I think, Steve, we have that picture. If we could throw up the waterfall. So you can see that, that picture on your screens, and you can imagine the cataracts, the sound, the thunder of that waterfall is 40 or 50 feet high. We can imagine looking glass. Deep calls to deep. The other thing, when I think of the deer that pants for the water, how our soul longs for God in the same way, I can't help but think of streams. Uh, when we moved to, to the mountains uh, almost 10 years ago, uh, first appointed to Etowah, we spent numerous afternoons that summer after moving at the Davidson River. I can't help but imagine that when this psalm was written, that rivers like the Davidson, there's, there's the river there. That's actually from the Holy Land too, but doesn't it remind you of our rivers? That could easily be a portion of the French Broad or the Davidson River or the Pigeon. Silence is interesting because it's something that we long for and need, and it's something that's difficult to find, to sit with. I was thinking, without silence, it's difficult for us to hear the longing of our hearts. So in thinking about this sermon and thinking about silence and thinking about the experience that we're all experiencing in different ways through the pandemic, I've begun to reflect a little bit on what I'm learning. Not a lot because I still think we're in, the, in a time where it's hard to know exactly what we're learning and there are still folks like Rob mentioned last week in his sermon, 65 plus thousand people in the United States have, have died. Millions upon millions of folks are out of work and trying to figure out where they might get their next meal. 
And part of what I began to wonder about is how this silence influences and shapes our call to not be silent. Now, now hang with me here. I want to talk a little bit about our internal silence, and then I want to talk about the external response to that internal silence. First, to talk about the internal silence. As many of you know, uh, monasticism has been something that's influenced my life greatly in the last 10 to 15 years. The desert fathers and mothers, their sayings, their experience. In the third century AD uh, is when the the desert fathers and mothers, the first uh, desert father we think to be Anthony the Great, moved out to the desert outside of Egypt. The mothers and fathers took on the name of mother and father, Abba and Amma. The Aramaic that Jesus uses when talking about God the Father is a personal name. It's a term of endearment. In the desert, mothers and fathers took on this Abba and Amma name as folks moved to the desert to be together and to live in silence, to seek God in the silence. They knew their leaders as Abba and Amma because they were taking on this new familial unit. They may not have looked like a typical family, but they were a family nonetheless, and it was in their silence where they sought God. One young monk came to Abba Moses once and said, Abba Moses, how do I know God? And Abba Moses responded, Sit in your cell, and your cell will teach you everything. It's in the silence. I was reading one one nun uh, from Connecticut this week, and and she was talking about the importance of silence in St. Benedict's rule of life, in our quietness, in our quietness is where we begin to hear the way we long for God. You know, and it's it's interesting to think about this quietness, especially at a time where we're, um, you know, maybe at home more, but also a time where we're more virtually connected. I I read several studies this week about how often we check our cell phones. Um, I'm I'm doing better on my average while preaching, but it says, a couple of studies says every an average American checks their cell phone every six and a half to 10 minutes a day. And that includes sleeping. We check our cell phones every six and a half to 10 minutes. That's the average. Silence is hard. Silence is not one of those things that we do naturally. Look, I'm talking right now. Like the, the irony of this sermon just is hilarious to me. And one of the things that we see over and over in the scripture, both uh, in our Psalms and in the Old Testament and in Jesus's life, is that Jesus found space to be quiet. How many times did Jesus go away to pray, to step aside in the midst of the crowds and the people, to step aside and to be quiet with God? One of the things when I was thinking about this idea of silence is that 
Uh, about uh, six or seven years ago, I had a spiritual director that I was working with, and, and one of the things that was really hard for me uh, with young children is I would work all day, and I would uh, be studying or reading or visiting folks in the hospital, and, and it was wonderful. But then on my drive home, I had a really hard time winding down. I had a hard time transitioning. And the spiritual director said, have you ever thought about singing a hymn in your car? Have you ever thought about uh, reciting a psalm that you've memorized or a scripture? And I said, what do you mean? She said, what if you gave yourself a spiritual transition? Have you ever thought about turning the radio off or not making a phone call? And I hadn't. I thought about maximizing my time. I thought about maximizing the use of the commute. And what she asked was, what if maximizing the use of the commute is the silence of your car? One of the things I wonder about when we're at home more, when we're uh, around our families a little more right now, when we can't go out as much, is what are the ways that we can find spaces to transition into silence? What are the ways that we can find to maximize maximize a place to be quiet. You may say, well, Luke, I don't have time. I, I don't have 10 minutes to sit and meditate. I don't have 30 minutes to sit and meditate. Do you have a minute? Do you have one minute? And could you do that a couple times a day? Well, uh, we were, Mission of Wisdom Foundation goes to Iona uh, most years, uh, obviously not traveling there this year, but several years ago there was a pilgrim with us who was soaking up every part of the pilgrimage, just um, completely internalizing it and, and having a wonderful experience. But I don't know about you, when I get excited sometimes, sometimes I chatter a lot. <laughs> I get excited, I want to talk, did you see this? And I saw this, and I saw this. And, and one of our leaders, Larry uh, Duggins, looked at the, the pilgrim and said, uh, have you ever thought about being silent for a moment? He wasn't chastising that person. He wasn't trying to rebuke them. He was encouraging them to think about a practice that might reshape their experience. And there is definitely time for us to be excited and to chatter. And there's also time for us to find that quiet place. One of the things that we've done is we've had communion here a, a couple times during the, our virtual worship is that we've encouraged you and uh, helped us think through ways to set up altars at our home for communion. One of the things that I did this week is I found myself as I was thinking about this psalm and I remembered uh, the pictures of the waterfall and the river from the Holy Land as I found myself looking at those, almost like an altar, looking at those and, and longing for the, the peace that is that place and that river, the quiet as the deep calls to deep. I, I wonder what are those things that you might have. Maybe there's a, a cross that means a lot to your family. Or maybe there is a rock um, from, a, from a trip to the river that, that, that the smoothness just reminds. What would it look like for you to find maybe three or four minutes a day this week just to pause? Again, it doesn't have to be a long time. It's amazing what God can do with us during 
that silence. The other thing that I've talked about, thought about with physical silence is how that brings internal quiet. Sometimes we can be silent and not talk. And internally, there are so many, so much not, the opposite of silence is going on inside. It is so loud. We feel disquieted. I wonder what role external silence has in helping us find internal quiet. I wonder what role external silence has in helping us find internal quiet so that we might hear and feel the voice and presence of God. One of the things that I've, since my very first day here at Central that I've heard Rob say and pray over and over is, God, we don't have to ask you to show up. You're already here. Part of the work of the longing as the deer longed is finding space to be aware of God's work in the world. And that is partially at times this external silence and also and internal silence. Sometimes that is really hard and it may take days and weeks, months to find that internal silence and that's okay. It is a part of the process of becoming like Christ, of being made one through the spirit with God And part of the work is simply showing up, even if it's for a small amount of time. Now, I want to take, I'm going to end um, with talking and and giving you some examples of silence and some ways to, to do some centering prayer and some some breath prayers that I think might be helpful. But I, I want to just, just a very short excursus. Internal silence and the type of silence that we're talking about today that that calls to us so that we might know God and know the voice of God and hear God and our call in the world does not mean that we are silent as a people. It's hard to speak up against injustice. It's hard to notice things that are not okay in the world and it's really hard to say something. Desert Father Abba Zeno said this, if a person wants God to hear their prayer, then before they pray for anything else, even their own soul, when we stand and stretch our hands towards God, we must pray with all our hearts for our enemies. Through this action, God will hear everything we ask. There's a lot of wisdom in what Abba Zeno has. There's also a lot of wisdom in recognizing that, it, that right now there are folks that are going without food. There are folks that uh, feel isolated because Our world has gone so digital so quickly 
there are folks that because of the nature of the digital world that we live in that feel out of place because of uh, their age and experience. And part of our call is to say something about that. There are folks even this week that have felt the sting of racism. Part of silence is not being silent. And so, wherever you are, with whatever you see, I I invite you to pay attention. Part of the quieting of your soul is to pay attention so that when we see racism and sexism and classism and homophobia and xenophobia and ageism and other ways that we have determined that we are different, that we speak up and that we pay attention. Silence, internal quiet, does not mean that we don't have a voice. So there's this really interesting practice that um, contemplatives use. It's uh, called a breath prayer or a a prayer of, of, um, a breath prayer or a contemplative prayer that, that we can remember and that we use over and over again when we breathe. One of the things that I have thought a lot when I've uh, been in a time of prayer where I've been silent is, I don't know about you all, but my mind wanders. Uh, I think about something else. I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm supposed to be focusing on God or paying attention to the way God's in the wor- work in the world. And then all of a sudden I'm like, did I get the, did I turn that off? Did somebody start turn the stove off tonight? We did, right? Or, um, oh yeah, we got to put this on our grocery list. And make sure we get this food. Or did I respond to that email? I know they really needed me to respond to that email. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Thomas Merton has reflected and said, anytime we think about something else when we pray, when we're silent, it's actually an opportunity to turn back to God. So think about that for a second. What if we reframe what we're experiencing and in in that moment we may feel guilt or shame or, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. But what if it's actually an opportunity to turn back towards God? I hope that that's what you'll begin to experience in those moments of prayer and silence. That as you turn back, it's actually an opportunity to see God again for the first time to reflect once again for that which our souls long for, just as the deer pants. I'll, uh, I'll put this link up on our website or ask Rachel to help me do this and link. Uh, Sarah Bessie has, uh, she's an author, theologian, and a couple, to- couple of New York Times bestsellers. And, and she took a few years ago and took breath prayers and put a bunch of them on uh, her website. And I find them so helpful a breath prayer goes like this. So we each, we all breathe. We inhale and we exhale. We and we exhale. One of the things that I found helpful when I started working on moments of silence and, and being silent more often is I found out how many breaths I breathe in a minute when I breathe slowly. <laughs> so I could count them. Because as the time passes, I get nervous. Am I missing something? Am I supposed to be doing the next thing? And so it helped me 
to feel more calm. That might be something that's helpful for you. One of the most favorite or famous breath prayers is one that we call the Jesus prayer. And it goes like this, Lord Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so what if, as you breathe in, Lord Jesus, son of God, exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I like this one from Romans 8. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. This is another good one from Psalm 103. You surround me with your love and tender mercies. You surround me with your love and tender mercies. Just as the deep calls to deep, as the deer longs for the water, so our soul longs for God. And at times, we have allowed our souls and the world to be so loud around us that we have forgotten the voice, that we've missed God speaking to our hearts in that still small voice that we have had a hard time hearing God's voice, which is a voice that says over and over and over again, you are beloved. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are called to be a vessel for my love in the world. There's a voice that says that over and over and over again, just as a stream flows over a rock and we can hear that sound, so is God's voice saying that to us over and over and over again. It is my prayer and my hope that even in small chunks, one minute a day, if we st- even if we start small, that we can find those moments of silence. And in our physical silence, we can find that internal silence. And in that internal silence, we can know God's love for us. May you find that this week and this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Oh God, grant us a space of silence as we long for you. It is in your name we pray. Amen.